This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Acast anbefaler. Mit navn er Anders Morgenthaler. Over for mig sidder Roald Bergmann. Vi har lavet en ny podcast, der hedder Dopaminklubben. Og Dopaminklubben er en klub, hvor ADHD er fucking sjovt, og hvor det griner. Det behøver ikke at være super alvorligt. Vi skider skidt af alle de der podcasts, der forklarer mig nederen der. Vi gør grin med vores ADHD. Mulig ADHD. Ja, vi udreder mig, fordi nogen siger, at jeg har det. Jeg ved det ikke rigtigt, det finder vi ud af. Vi har i hvert fald lavet vedmål. Ind og lyt til Dopaminklubben. Hver uge udkommer vi. Der laver vi sjov spas med at have den her vidunderlige dopaminmangel. 18+ i just hope I don't look back at the end of the season and go, we should have won the league this year. Welcome to the My Old Man Said podcast. I'm David Michael, the editor of My Old Man Said, joining me for a quick, 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 quick match reaction to the one-all draw at Chelsea. As Chelsea, plucky Chelsea, slow Villa's world domination down by pegging us back for a one-all draw at Stamford Bridge. Joining us to uh, discuss it, Mr. Chris Bird, welcome back. Hello, hello. Merry Christmas, hope you had a good one. Merry Christmas to you too, sir. And Mr. Phil Shaw, welcome. Hello. How's uh, Christmas in Belfast? That's much like any other, only with more drinking in the home instead of drinking in the streets. Aren't you in lockdown for like the fifth time or something? Yeah, like I said, we're a couple of weeks ahead of you, so if you want to know what's going to happen, look look over to us for it. Is then... there, is there, will there be a tier eight? Oh, I don't know what we are. We're, we're a completely new tier. Six, seven. Godlike. <laughs> right, uh, we uh, went through the uh, the past year in the uh, the two-part Christmas special, which is also it's like an end-of-year review. So if you haven't listened to that, then uh, you've missed out there. So get on it immediately. But uh, we're just going to give you a quick uh, post-match on the Chelsea game. What was that headline that you were t- the Sky headline that we didn't agree with? Dogged Villa and controversial draw at Chelsea. Yeah, nah, I don't, but I, right, nah, I don't think that's uh, was the case here. When we were one 0 down, and the fact that we hadn't actually got any points when we'd conceded the first goal, uh, I, I was thinking, yeah, I'll take a point here. I don't normally go for that mentality. I always think you can try to win any game, but uh, it's fair game. And there was a period once we got the equaliser. It was pretty much end-to-end for a period of about 20 minutes, and you're just thinking, actually, yeah, this could go either way. A point, there's no shame in that. Yeah, for the second time over the Christmas period, I think it was a really good game for the neutral, especially this one compared to Palace, where we were a lot more dominant. I think this one was two teams genuinely going toe-to-toe. Yeah, I mean, as I've always said, I don't give a fuck about the neutral, but... uh... (laughs) (laughs) It's great to see us, as I said, going toe-to-toe with a good team, though, isn't it? You know, especially yeah. at Stamford Bridge, considering our record there more recently, you know, during our decline of the last 10 years, it's been pretty woeful. No, 100%. Uh, selection, obviously, uh, there was an actual legitimate reason for Ross Barkley not being there this time. I mean, if he's not on the team sheet against United, then... Uh, a few I think questions want- to be asked. 
Yeah, we want our money back as well. But the boys have uh, come off uh, the fringes. People like El Ghazi, who is now five... Is it five in five? Yeah, yeah. it's a great run of form, isn't it? Considering uh, he hadn't managed that in his previous, like, 37 games or whatever it was. So sensational stuff from him. And, uh, I mean, we're jumping ahead here, but I would have him, uh, if Barkley uh, came back against United, I would have uh, Anwar playing and probably Traore stepping aside. Yeah, I'd give him a give him a rest, just keep the rotation going. I mean, yeah, if you've scored put- five in five and you're playing as you are, and I think you give the team legs and energy, I think, yeah, you've got to, got to play him. Yeah, switch him to the right, Grealish on the left, uh, away you go. Uh, so no surprises, Konza came back and Konza had a great game. I mean, it's a Again. couple of great key moments, uh, a block that would, would have led to a certain goal. And then just before they had a goal uh, disallowed, was it, did he clear it off, yeah, off, it was off really the line? Off, yeah. yeah, he cleared yeah. it off the line, it was offside anyway. Yeah. Uh, highlights for you in terms of performances? I think McGinn was outstanding, like... You know, really back to his best, just a bundle of energy. Yeah. And I think, you know, for a, you know, with the, the quick turnaround and the fact that we played for, you know, 45 minutes with 10 men against Palace and put in a real shift, you know, I think, you know, some of the running stats you saw after the Palace game were outrageous. And the fact that McGinn managed to just plough through another 90 minutes against, let's be honest, a very energetic midfield in Mount, Kante, et cetera. Yeah. I thought it was excellent. He deserved his, you know, would have deserved his goal that came back off the crossbar. That was a great shot. Yeah, I thought yeah, I thought shooting. both um, I thought both fullbacks put in great shifts. Cash and Target again. I thought Cash and Target were brilliant again against Palace, especially Target, who seems to stick to his task, you know, diligently in defence. I think we're you know yet to see him uh, as big a force going forward as he was in moments last season. But Cash obviously got his got his assist against Chelsea and put in a really good shift against um, against Zahar against Palace as well. Yeah, because initially uh, in the first half we were struggling because I don't think. Uh, Trore had fully realised his task because I don't think he'd probably realised that Chilwell was going to uh, be such a uh, attacking. Uh, well, he's a progressive fullback, isn't he? As they call them, force. Yeah, I think they had, they had to sit him down at half time to uh, bring him up to speed on that one because sometimes we were exposed, and you know, half of it was we, we wasn't probably asking them as many questions as we would have liked. Uh, let's say towards the uh, the end of the first half to actually get you well defending rather than having a free reign down that left hand side. Yeah, we certainly didn't turn him round enough. But again, he has a quality player. I mean, that the ball he played in for Giroud, you're expecting Chilwell to whip that one right in on top of the keeper, right in the sort of corridor of uncertainty. But he just he saw Giroud and just sort of clipped it back a wee bit further deeper, and it was a great mm-hmm. finish by Giroud. Yeah, I think that the flick that led up to uh, it from Giroud in the build-up actually just kind of put them almost a couple of yards ahead of Villa there. It caught us off guard. Yes. Well, he's a quality player, isn't he? He only needs a half chance. It was a, a real clinical finish. Yeah. Again, from Giroud against Villa. Yeah, it's his 10th goal, I think, in 10 games against us. Wow. He retires in. I think Ronaldo had a similar crazy statistic. I think of all the Premier League teams, English Robbie Premier Fowler League probably teams, as well, I'd imagine. Yeah, but I think of all the Premier League teams, uh, I think Ronaldo scored more goals against Villa than anybody else. Uh, but going back to the two fullbacks, I think the good thing about having two solid fullbacks now means uh, we've—I mean—we've gone through probably a decade where we've had to watch centre backs ball watching fullbacks out of position. Fullbacks who aren't even fullbacks. <laughs> fullbacks who aren't fullbacks, centre backs who aren't even centre backs, and just to have. 
two competent fullbacks who know what they're doing exactly allows the centre backs to get on with their job, so they're not kind of being pulled out of position covering the asses of uh, fullbacks. So that's part of the reason why we've got such a solid backline nowadays. Yeah, and we can't overlook how good uh, Martinez is playing at the minute. I mean, the amount of balls that come into the box today that he just claimed, just took the need out of any centre-back or defender to get in there. He just, just read it well, come out, caught it, and that was it. Took pressure off the team and started the attacks again. Yeah, when, you, when you're of a certain age, uh, I'm not giving my age away, but when you're of a certain age, you remember an era where goalkeepers used to catch the ball. And then it got to this, uh, I think in like 90s, where keepers were just parrying them. And then there was this notion that a keeper could be a good shot stopper, but they weren't actually a good goalkeeper. And European keepers were blamed for just being people who basically parried it or came out and punched it. But Martinez is a real throwback. He's somebody who catches the ball at pretty much every opportunity and, you know, it sticks. Well, he's got conviction, hasn't he, as well? He, he, when he, You can hear him, and obviously it's easier on you know, in an empty stadium, but you can hear his conviction when, when the ball comes in. He comes out, claims it, says he's going to, and he not, and he gets there. He's not like you know David James, where he sort of thinks about coming, stops halfway through, everyone yeah. panics or comes out and doesn't doesn't get there, flaps at the thin air. He he comes and takes everyone out if he needs to, because he closes down amazingly. Sorry, Phil, he, he closes down amazingly. Comes off his l- line, he reads the game so well. Yeah, I was just thinking, was he at Arsenal so long that he would have been like taught by like Bob Wilson, David Seaman, people like that? Was he there long enough to sort of have that influence? And even the, the tactical influence of Wenger, I'd have thought, and the and the. the, the, the through that era over a long period of time, you know, he, he obviously was loaned out a lot as well. So he has had game time, just not at Arsenal, but he'll have learnt, he'll have learnt really well. And he's obviously his distribution, you know, with the ball is great as well. Yeah. The more, you know, with every game passes, you think what a great piece of business by us and what a terrible decision by Arsenal. Yeah, I mean, but Arsenal were in the situation where they had to pick their number one really, didn't they? And they probably went the yeah. wrong way. Thanks very much. Because if somebody's given you 20 million for a number two, then you're probably going to say, mm, right, go on then. Oh, on the face of it, you'd say it's, it's a great piece of business, isn't it? And I'm sure, to be fair, if he'd have stayed at Arsenal, would he be able to have done much about what he's had to deal with in front of him in terms of defence? No, because our defence is head and shoulders better than Arsenal's at the moment. Yeah. How good does that feel to say, by the way? Yeah, and we'll finish higher than them, hopefully, unless they go on a ridiculous uh, winning streak. Can't see it. Uh, looking at the stats of the game, or just like, let's just say the general stats, uh, I was quite surprised when I saw that Chelsea had 64% possession. It didn't really feel like that. I, I would say they edged possession, obviously, but uh, I was surprised that it was that uh, distinctly different. But uh, Villa under par uh, for the, you know, topping the whole Premier League in terms of uh, average shots per game. They were going into it, uh, I think it's a shade over 165 Shots per game. Now that's gone down to uh, 16, but they still lead. I think Liverpool are second with 15.6. This game they had 10, but compared to the last, let's say, four four or so games, it's Chelsea were definitely a step up in terms of uh, calibre of opposition. Yeah, I mean, you look at the, you know, you, you see the two team sheets before the game and you look at what Chelsea have been able to bring in, having made six changes to the starting lineup, and, you know, they've got two, three hundred million pounds worth of players to bring off the bench. Yeah. And that's where the, you think, you know, with sort of 20 minutes to go and the game very tightly poised, this is where they can flex their muscle and bring, a, you know, a couple of world-class or two or three world-class players off the bench that can change the game. And, you know, we brought young Jacob Ramsey off the bench who, you know, very nearly had an instant impact. And I think yeah, we, a little we matched shot. Them. Yeah, really, really uh, could have been an instant impact. 
Really close. Yeah, Smith, Smith said after the game that it takes like three or four seasons to build a proper squad in this division. And uh, I think he's probably right. We are certainly ahead of schedule and Chelsea have, have got the money basically to do it instantly, even though they have a new manager in place. I mean, you're talking about how long the the, uh, the Abramovich, you know, billions have been at Chelsea now. Now, they are a very established side now. They've won the league multiple times. They've been in the Champions League every season pretty much for the last 15 years or so. I would hazard a guess, if not more. Now, they're a very established side. So to go there and... But still in transition. To to them. Yeah, this this side are, I think, and... Um, I think we all thought before the game that you know with the ball they'd be they could be very um, effective, but certainly defensively with you know the R- Rudiger coming in, I think they made three changes on the back line. Everybody bar Chilwell was was dropped. They were there for the you know there to be got at. And I think Villa when they got the opportunity to they got at them pretty well. I just I just didn't think we had that extra little bit of spark in the final third at times, other than the you know the goal which was nicely made and Al Ghazi for the you know second time in a couple of weeks finished it superbly. Yeah, but Chelsea uh, could afford to uh, make six changes for this game. Villa went as they were. I mean, this is I mean if Barkley could play against Chelsea and he was fit, this would be the perfect game to come back in just for the, the fresh impetus. Yeah, and a bit of controller gives you in possession which yeah. I think was one thing we lacked certainly in their half of the field we we never got enough sort of ahead of steam and control of the ball to be able to sort of camp out in their half you always felt we were going to have to play through them very quickly be very yeah. efficient with our possession which I think we were to be fair at times had to be had to be very wary of the the Chelsea counter because Pulisic Mount they have great pace and they're great at carrying the ball as well. So yeah, it was a good game. It was, it was a good sort of competition. But I was surprised at how sort of old fashioned Chelsea's tactics were. Um, it was just yeah. no no messing at the back. It was you know shades of Steve Bruce get it up and hope for a bit of sparkle up front. And they have like four players that can do it. And I think because they had the they had the out ball didn't they every time with Chilwell. So it was very much look out left. Okay, Traore's drifted inside, which he did a lot, a lot, and, and he left cash isolated a couple of times and when you had Chilwell and often Pulisic drifting out to the left you you always had overloads there and Villa were were probably fortunate not to be punished more than once. Yeah that is one of the the problems of playing a predominantly left-sided player on the right-hand side is their natural tendency is to come inside rather than uh, wide when they're going on to their stronger foot. Uh, As you know as Phil just alluded to there uh, Pulisic I mean, he he would be kicking himself. He should have scored. He could have put Chelsea up ahead early doors, I think. And we we got off lightly a couple of times. Yeah, it's a poor miss, to be fair. And then there was obviously the the Chilwell chance right at the death. It's a great ball in, brilliant, really, really well-executed volley. And you think, well, if if you lose a game to that goal, you kind of hold your hands up and go fair play. But I think we'd we'd put in enough of a shift defensively and in the middle of the park to say, you know, we've probably deserved deserved a bit of a break there and um, I think anybody looking at that game pragmatically would say neither team probably deserved Millions of people have lost weight with personalised plans from Noom like Evan who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option I never really was a salad guy that's just not who I am, but Noom worked for me Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. 
Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. I lose that. Yeah, one of the standout things for me was probably Mason Mount's silver boots. Yeah, sparkly. They're like little baubles. <laughs> Very eye-catching. He actually had a good game, didn't he, to be fair? 88 touches. He was all over this game, uh, Yeah, actually. he played well. Grealish just out of interest. Uh, in comparison, 57 touches. McGinn uh, actually outstripped Grealish for a change, 59. Normally, uh, as we've mentioned a couple of times, uh, McGinn's actually been the lowest in terms of involvement, in terms of uh, touches. And this time round, uh, he was number one in terms of the well, the Villa forward line and midfield. I think I think with six and seven for Villa were played superbly, you know, with the slightly more deeper line midfielders. I think the game didn't open up at times enough for Jack and I think they they made sure they kept him with his back to goal and turning into traffic a lot of the time so it allowed McGinn to kind of drive on that's obviously where his chance where he hit the bar came from he had another one as well where he he probably should have shot but he came to him on his right foot some you know Jack's going to have games like that and I think it was a tough game for him going forward at times they had a couple of really great bursts but I think defensively him and him and Target put in a really good shift as as a sort of a as a duo like they did at Wolves you know a few weeks ago yeah, I was hoping that we're gonna we were just gonna snatch it towards the end there because when Chelsea brought their Havertz and Werner off the bench, um, they just opened up and I thought to myself, if you know, if we'd have had maybe another couple of days recovery, you know, a few more sort of gas in the tank, we we would have got them on the break. Yeah, I mean, I think we were in a match club. We were concerned at halftime that that ten man. You know, fantastic effort uh, against Palace may come back in terms of uh, fatigue, but I thought we equipped ourselves pretty well. Well, it's two. You know, what you've seen in you know the space of you know sort of thirty six hours or so is that it's two very very different performances from Villa. Palace Villa were so efficient, and how they used the ball with ten men and for forty five minutes it was as good as Villa have played all season. And they were very good value for a three nil win. They took their chances superbly. Obviously, Watkins was unlucky, and this one was a more gritty, determined get the job done kind of performance and it's it's these sorts of results that show that's how you you really push forward and get into the business end of you know leagues cups etc yeah. being able to go to Chelsea and say well do you know what we we might not have the punch up front here to go and win it but we can we can hold our ground and hold them at arm's length which I actually think for the most part we did pretty well you know our, our defensive shape was great and it was yeah. against Palace, to be fair, because, you know, Palace had a lot of the ball in the second half of Villa Park, but we kind of soaked up when we had to. And then when we got the opportunities to, really got at them quickly. And, I th- you know, Jack on the breakaway was superb. You know, he was at his scintillating best. And I thought Al Ghazi put in a great shift when Troy had gone on. You know, he got up and down really well. And he was good value for his goal in both games, I thought. Yeah, because we'd seen the first evidence just... Uh continuing on in terms of the Palace game going back to the championship when Mings was sent off against Rotherham and we were 1-0 down in the you know in, in the uh, during the 10 game winning run and that was a pivotal game because when you were 1-0 down against Rotherham you were starting to think ah typical Villa you know we've got some momentum here Mings getting sent off we're throwing it away but we saw there that Smith had an idea how to play 10 men and in both games, we, we looked better with 10 men, didn't we? Yeah, and actually turn it into something else. Rather than this philosophy of having to hold you know, two banks of uh, you know, four with uh, maybe one up top just to, uh, on the off chance of lumping it up, he, 
he's you know he's all about a vi- you know vicious fast an opportunist counter and he sees it as a uh, almost attack is the you know an attacking 10 men setup is what it is and here it yeah. was it was like almost a perfect execution because Ollie Watkins I think oh, know, Smith Smith did say you know you couldn't think of a better player in the Premier League to play uh, up top when you're playing with 10 men and uh, certainly on that evidence apart from I just wish I just wish he finished off that fantastic realish uh, oh what a pass Slide yeah, ball, pass. reverse pass that you know, took six, six or seven players out of the uh, picture. It's just a, it would have been picture book, wouldn't it? Yeah. I mean, the third goal is picture book in a different way in terms of turning a you know, defense into attack. You know, Martin has obviously quickly gets it out to Grealish, drives, and that's when Jack's at his best. Brilliant to watch. And then obviously Watkins takes you know, the touch, doesn't he? Pulls it back when he, you think, oh, the chance has gone on the way. Our guys, he just rifles it in. I mean, the whole end would have exploded when that went in. Yeah, it's a great moment. For a minute, you forgot how much food and drink you'd had over the break, and it was just like, where'd that come from? <laughs> That's the thing. Without the crowds, I mean, Trezeguet would be a hero already, and uh, for his antics, especially against Arsenal in the project restart, and yeah. here El Ghazi managing to seal a, a win for a ten men uh, Villa team. Which in the last few years, we go down to ten men, and uh, it's inevitable. You just, you just see it online. People go, oh, we've you know we fucked that one up, and the game's still on. But now. Yeah. I mean, this is the fight that you want in your team. Yeah, and you see that, you know, in, in conversely in, at Stamford Bridge, where you think, yeah, do you know what, Chelsea have clearly got a bit of firepower. They've hurt us there. We're a goal down. But you always think with this team now, we're always in the game. Yeah. Always. Because we've got individuals who can make things happen. And we've still got more to come back. You know, you think you've got Barkley to come back to scheme with Jack. That'll, that'll take a little bit away of his shoulders. You've got Mings and uh, Barkley coming back. So yeah. uh... it's a good look. Yeah, mm-hmm. and the the big man coming Back soon. soon. <laughs> uh, any uh, any thoughts, uh, Phil? Well, well, just on Smith. I mean, look, a year ago today was um, Watford away. That was probably rock bottom. Well, I know people oh, said Leicester away, but Watford was rock bottom. And I mean, if I was CEO, I'd have been tempted to pull the trigger on Smith that day. So it's lucky I'm not CEO, isn't it? Yeah. But, yeah, I, th- um, I think tactically, you know, we, we said a few times during last season that, oh, is, you know, is he learning? And you think, actually, do you know what? To be fair to him, he's probably had to learn the hard way, but he has been learning and he's, and he's drilled it into his team as well, which is great. Um, I mean, my, my final point, which is, you know, what are the last sort of, well, the last few months, obviously, but the last few sort of four or five games, the little run we've had over the festive season. What a great way to finish what's been a crap year for everyone. Yeah, no, I echo that sentiment. And when you look down the bloody fixtures, you think, how on earth is the only game we dropped points disappointingly in Burnley at home? Even at times of brilliance, you think, still typical Villa to drop the point in the Burnley game. Yeah, although, I mean... Fate has transpired against us in you know in terms of the West Ham game and the Brighton it has. game. It has, yeah, because we could have easily had more points on the board here. And this is the scary thing. We could be top two Should. comfortably, shouldn't we? Here's a team that's already beaten four teams 3-0. And another team, I can't remember who it was, 7-2, which is scary in the amount of... I mean, we're, you know, we're talking, what is it, eight wins Mm-hmm. There've been destructions, and then at this before this uh, game against Chelsea, four consecutive clean sheets. So it's both ends. The balance. I mean, Smith yeah. always talked about getting the balance right because he was a bit naive. This like gun ho, yeah, best you know way of defending when you one nil up is to go and score another goal. It wasn't really, was it? It didn't really pan out that way. No, it is if you've you've set yourself up and you're just very good. 
and we're getting to that level now. He's, and then he's started to realise it uh, before Project Restart that there needs to be more of a balance and he has to actually think about his defence because, I mean, the defence is always the bedrock of building a good team. You get that right first, then you suddenly, you're not losing games, you're getting draws and then you think about how you, uh, how you attack. But he's got the balance right now. What did I say uh, in Match Club? It's almost like he's hit the sweet spot. He has. Palace was the perfect example of that. Yeah. And you can see other teams now when they play us. I mean, we rattle them. I mean, they want Villa sort of done and dusted in the first half or done early because they know that we're a threat now. You've seen it with Chelsea whenever we equalised. The, the, for want of a better word, they're just a bitchiness and Chelsea came out. They were kicking, pulling, moaning the referee and everything else. And their so unwillingness it, to really open up. I think teams have seen now that if you open up and leave wide open spaces for the likes of Jack to run into or you give Louise time to play, spacing behind for Watkins to run into, we will batter you. Yeah. I don't, and it, I don't think that matters who you are now. You look down the, the, the you know, the, the, the matches, the results, and the manner of some of the results. You know, the fact that we've dismantled Liverpool, we've gone to Arsenal and smashed them. We've deservedly done it to Fulham and West Brom, etc. But then we've also managed to stay in games when it's been really tight against Leicester and Wolves, and to, to a lesser degree, the, you know, the Chelsea game. You think, you know, we 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 can get results in a, a number of ways. I always thought last year, and we said it numerous times on here, that to to get wins. Last season, we had to play out of our skin. Yeah, well, just because of the quality of the personnel, really. Yeah. Right, uh, this was a uh, quick match reaction. Uh, We will be back with a uh, full new show uh, after the United game, which I'm kind of looking forward to. I'm hoping this is the reason why we drew against Chelsea, was basically you can't get too greedy. And uh, if if I personally could choose out of beating Chelsea or beating United, it would be beating United every time. So uh, we'll see what happens there. Any uh, final thoughts? Just Happy New Year. Yep, I'll echo that. Happy New Year. Right, until uh, the United game and the year 2021, it's goodbye from me and it's goodbye from them. Goodbye. Goodbye. days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home the same goes for mcdonald's maximize your home ground advantage with mcdelivery order now on the mcdonald's app at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonald's.com acast and befaler mit navn er Anders Morgenthaler. Over for mig sidder Roald Bergmann. Vi har lavet en ny podcast, der hedder Dopaminklubben. Og Dopaminklubben er en klub, hvor ADHD er fucking sjovt, og hvor det griner. Det behøver ikke at være super alvorligt. Vi skider skidt af alle de der podcasts og forklarer meget nederen der. Vi gør grin med vores ADHD. Mulig ADHD. Ja, vi udreder mig, fordi nogen siger, at jeg har det. Jeg ved det ikke rigtigt, det finder vi ud af. Vi har i hvert fald lavet vedmål. Ind og lyt til Dopaminklubben. Hver uge udkommer vi. Der laver vi sjov og spas med at have den her vidunderlige dopaminmangel. 